This is the news from the Lord. Hello, America. This is Jeffrey Lord with another edition of the Did He Really Just Say That? The Word of the Lord. So, President Joe Biden delivers his first State of the Union address. Oh, my. And I return from CPAC. Wow. More on both in a second. But first, by now you've all heard me talk about my pillow, and now Mike Lindell has done it again by introducing his new My Slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop these slippers. He's designed to wear them indoors and outdoors all day long, and I do. They're made with my pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue, and they're made with quality leather suede. And I happened to see Mike Lindell at CPAC, and I told him how much I love those slippers. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable that you will want to get some for the whole family. So go to mypillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code Jeff. You will also get deep discounts on all My Pillow products, including those fabulous Giza Dream bed sheets, the My Pillow mattress topper, and the luxurious My Pillow towel sets. Or Call 800-606-1043 and use promo code JEFF. Now, unreal. As always, a Biden speech is marked by what he leaves unsaid rather than what he says. It was no different in this, his first State of the Union address this week. What was unsaid? Well, there was no mention of more defense spending to meet the threats from Russian and Chinese dictators. And where, speaking of a certain Russian dictator, was a Biden vow that Russia will not be allowed to conquer and hold Ukraine. Silence. There was not a word of appreciation for the contribution of fossil fuels to American and European security. There was complete silence about all that Biden-induced government spending that has brought about the highest inflation in 40 years. And when did he mention inflation? As the Wall Street Journal notes, he blamed rising prices on the pandemic and greedy businesses, and his solutions are to unleash prosecutors and antitrust cops and to spend even more money on social welfare and entitlements. His most otherworldly line was that his program would, quote, cut energy costs for families an average of $500 a year by combating climate change, end quote. Oh, please. As the journal also notes, quote, the entire point of his climate agenda is to raise the price of energy for Americans by reducing the supply and increasing the cost of coal, oil, and natural gas. His regulators are working every day to do that in every way. It was as if the horror of the last week, which exposed the folly of Europe's dependence on Russian oil and gas, had never happened. The climate left still has a chokehold on this presidency, said the journal. Well, amen to that. This is no Harry Truman staring down Joseph Stalin, the uh, Russian dictator of the day. Over there at history.com is a recall of just how Truman dealt with the Russian dictatorship of his day. On April 23, 1945, Stalin's Soviet foreign minister Molotov arrived at the White House for a first meeting with the new President Truman. 
Truman was only days into his presidency, having suddenly become president when President Franklin Roosevelt died from a stroke on April 12th. Molotov was no sooner in the Oval Office with Truman when Truman immediately lashed out at Molotov, quote, in words of one syllable, unquote, as the president later recalled. As Molotov listened incredulously, Truman charged that the Soviets were breaking their agreements and that Stalin needed to keep his word. At the end of Trump's, Truman's tirade, Molotov indignantly declared that he had never been talked to in such a manner. Truman, not to be outdone, replied that if Molotov had, and Stalin had kept their promises, he would not need to be talked to like that. Molotov stormed out of the meeting. Truman was delighted with his own performance, telling one friend that he gave the Soviet official, quote, the straight one-two to the jaw, unquote. The president was convinced that a tough stance was the only way <clears throat> to deal with the communists, a policy that came to dominate America's early Cold War policies towards the Soviets. Good for all Harry Truman. But Joe Biden, alas, is no Harry Truman. There is a reason Vladimir Putin has gone ahead with his move on Ukraine. He sees Biden's inability and unwillingness to control the U.S. southern border. He saw the disaster that was the Biden-induced retreat from Afghanistan. He sees the mishandling of the U.S. economy. He watches incredulously as Biden surrenders U.S. energy independence. He sees all of this and more and realizes there is no way Joe Biden will stop him from invading Ukraine because Joe Biden is weak as tea, not to mention he's having serious problems with his cognitive awareness. In the latter case, at one point in the speech, Biden actually said this, get this now, quote, Putin may circle Kiev with tanks, but he'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people, unquote. Uh, no, Joe, that would be the Ukrainian people. Oh, my. In contrast to all of this nonsense, there was former President Trump the other day at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference. I was fortunate enough to have a front row seat, and I listened to the former president say this. The Russian attack on Ukraine is appalling. It's an outrage and an atrocity that should never have been allowed to occur. It never would have occurred. I stand if he had been president. I stand as the only president of the 21st century on whose watch Russia did not invade another country. Isn't that the truth? I gave Ukraine the javelins, missiles, that everyone is now talking about and millions of dollars of other military equipment. The Obama administration, the Obama-Biden administration, gave them blankets, Trump said. He added, the problem is not that Putin is so smart, which of course he is, but that our leaders are dumb. They so far allowed him to get away with his travesty and assault on humanity. Putin is playing Biden like a drum, and it's not a pretty thing to watch, and it would have been so easy for me to stop this travesty from happening. Unquote. Indeed, it isn't a pretty thing to watch. Let me shift a bit to talk of what I saw firsthand at CPAC. First of all, and tellingly, it was sold out. Thousands. It was a star-setted event with former President Trump in the starring role. Notably, Trump ran away with a CPAC straw poll, winning an overwhelming 59%, with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis getting 28%, and other potential GOP candidates for 2024 way back in the single digits. Serious credit for the massive success of the conference, without a doubt, goes to the CPAC leadership team. That would be the American Conservative Union Chairman Matt Schlapp, 
His wife and fellow CPAC now TV host Mercedes Schlapp and ACU Vice Chair Charlie Giroux. Charlie, by the way, as you heard in my last podcast, is also running for the Republican nomination for governor of Pennsylvania. And also playing a big role in this was the ACU Executive Director Dan Schneider. Thousands of CPACers, serious conservative activists from around the country, had the opportunity to hear not only from Donald Trump, but one conservative leader after another. In the elected official category, category, there was Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, Texas Senator Ted Cruz, Florida Senator Marco Rubio, Louisiana Senator John Kennedy, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley, and representatives like Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, who is my own congressman, Jim Jordan of Ohio, Matt Gates of Florida, Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, Lauren Boebert of Colorado, Byron Donalds of Florida, Madison Cawthorn of North Carolina, Andy Biggs of Arizona, and many more. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo had a starring role, as did foreign policy stars my friends K.T. McFarland and Gordon Chang. The conference was closed out with a riveting speech from Don Trump Jr. <clears throat> and, movingly, singer Lee Greenwood was there in person to sing his anthem, his famous anthem, God Bless the USA. The audience was on its feet singing along. Conservative media outlets flooded the place with Fox Nation, with uh, Pete Hegseth, with uh, Kaylee McEnany, Newsmax's Eric Bowling was on stage, One America News's Natalie Harp was there, Sarah Carter from Fox was there. All were on stage or doing interviews when they weren't besieged with selfie requests. Fox host and talk radio star Mark Levin with wife Julie Strauss-Levin were on stage for a talk about American Marxism, the subject of Mark's latest bestseller. WMAL Radio's Larry O'Connor hosted a tribute to the late Andrew Breitbart. MyPillow's CEO Mike Lindell, as I said, was also present, along with his highly successful Lindell TV and his social media outlet Frank Speech. Ex-Trump aide Jason Miller's new social media outlet Getter was visible as well. And, notably, former California Representative Devin Nunes, now the head of the new Trump social media site Truth Social, was there to give an update on the site and what lies ahead. What stands out from being in attendance from start to finish at CPACs is the sheer energy and determination of the conference attendees. Notably, this was an overwhelmingly pro-Trump crowd. It was a veritable sea of those red Make America Great hats, again hats, with a not inconsiderable number that read Trump was right or Trump won. Not to mention that there was a number in attendance who were running for Congress against anti-Trump Republicans. If nothing else, the conference was a serious message to that relative handful of Trump-hating establishment Republicans that, yes, indeed, Donald Trump, his supporters, and conservative principles are in fact at the heart of the Republican Party, and they are here to stay. They are energized, and they are at work by the thousands. So, three cheers for CPAC. Without question, the leadership of Matt Mercedes Schlapp and Charlie Giroux has given serious new life to CPAC, which was founded in 1974 in the 21st century. As was vividly evident in Orlando, CPAC is playing a serious and decidedly positive role in American politics. Along with Donald Trump, it has energized the conservative movement and will for sure be playing a major role in the 2022 elections and, not to mention, 2024. And, oh yes, speaking of 2024, 
In his speech, the former president received thunderous applause when he mentioned his wife, Melania, and described her as, and I'm quoting, the former and future first lady, unquote. Hmm. For the word of the Lord, this is Jeffrey Lord. Stop by my website, thejeffreylord.com, to catch up on the news and views. And thanks for coming. We'll see you next time. 